Hello and welcome to the Paddle School Podcast. Your host and paddle coach Sandy here. Each episode I will share with you my paddle coaching experience, bringing you top tips, latest news from around the world and interviewing some of the leaders in the industry and all to help you play your best paddle. So let's not waste any more time, get comfortable and enjoy the episode. So Tom, we are here on on this episode of the podcast and we're going to be talking about how can players actually change their technique? Like, what's the process? What should they be thinking about? What are some some pitfalls when you change your technique? And and really, how can they implement that in their game and, and improve moving forwards? Yeah, changing your technique can be one of those things that you know you need to do, but it can be a really uncomfortable process. So we've had so many questions and we, we get this a lot from, from our members, but also from people within our community altogether is, you know, how, how can I change my technique the best way? And it feels uncomfortable. Am I doing it the right way? There's loads of questions around this topic. So we thought it'd be a good idea to chat about it today. And we've we've done a lot recently, but we always do a lot of, of in-person like clinics and, and events. And so, you know, we've this last week, I think we've maybe had what over 100 players on court that we've worked on their technique. We've tried to make some changes. We've tried to give them some tips to, to move forward. And I'm always at the end of all of the clinics that we do, and it's something we just do as, as coaches generally, we summarize and we we try and reinforce what we've done in those sessions. But, you know, how do we help players improve moving forward from those clinics? And I think the start point is really how do they get good advice? You know, because now we're, we're talking about players all over the world. So when we do our social media or this podcast, it's being listened to by players all over the world, how can they make sure they get good advice? And that's so important, isn't it, to to know from the starting point when you do make a change that it's actually the right change because we'll talk about this later on, but breaking bad habits, if you're not getting that right advice and you are making changes that actually perhaps aren't best for your game, essentially you're ingraining a bad habit by training it. So it's, it's so important, isn't it, to get that right advice from the start? Well, it's really difficult. It's a new sport. So there's not a lot of experienced coaches out there. And because there are not a lot of experienced coaches, you see a lot of players advising each other. I mean, we were on court training yesterday and there's a group of ladies that were playing on the court next to us. And we could overhear all the advice that they were giving to each other, not only about the rules, but about how they should hit their shots, where they should be moving, everything like that. And you, you're there realising that players are giving each other advice. Coaches are giving advice. And, and, and a lot of times that we see that advice is is not necessarily accurate and it's not necessarily helping players games. And so when they come to our court for clinics, they say things like, oh, well, I've been told this by so and so and this by someone else and this and they, they're confused. So having a, a clear source of advice is is really, really important. It's it's almost like a, a foundation that you can rely on. I mean, and that's exactly why we've done our platform the way we've done it right so they have their courses they have their roadmaps that they stick to and then when they want advice they come into our community and they post their videos and we give them you know what we know are high quality reliable tips to improve their technique but it's it's just really important for I think players to have that when they are wanting to make those technical changes and when it comes to to different changes 
you hear players all the time, they, they want to change 15 different parts of their game. So when it comes to actually the process of, of making changes as a player, you should focus on just a few changes at a time, shouldn't you? You shouldn't try and focus on so many that you, you, you can't get them all fixed. You, you need to focus on a few different things and really try and change those and then move on to the others, don't you? Yeah, and that talks on the confusion. And, and that's something that we see. And and it's a, really a lesson for, for coaches as well. Remember that when you are giving a lesson or a clinic, the learning in that lesson is for the player. It's not about you as the coach. So you don't need to show off your your depth of knowledge about paddle. You need to find a few tips that work for that player that they can implement that are are easy and, and simple to, to put into their game. And, and that's often where, where coaches struggle is, is almost confusing players by giving too many tips, too many advice. And then the player also, like we just said, listens to other players and then they're trying to implement lots and lots of changes. And it's really, really difficult. So yeah, absolutely. One or two things that you work on every session. And that's regardless of if you're playing social games or you're training with a friend. If you're playing important matches, tournament matches, then that's probably not the time to work on technical things. But the rest of the time, you should really be having one or two areas of focus if it is important to you to improve your game. So I'm just thinking for a player that's that's listening to this and they're looking to change their technique, the, the first point is starting with good advice, getting that right advice in early, making a few simple changes at a time, not you know trying to do everything at once. Breaking bad habits is something we come across with players all of the time, isn't it? And it's actually, we, we see it a lot with intermediate and advanced players more, don't we, who have played the sport for a few years, haven't received coaching or perhaps haven't received the right advice. And now they have these ingrained bad habits that they need to change. This is perhaps one of the hardest things, isn't it, when changing technique? Oh, this is so tough. It's really difficult. I mean, you know, someone that has been playing for a couple of years, been doing something the same way to try and change that technique. And that's often what we say to our beginner groups. They they come on, they're a bit nervous. They see the other players. They think, oh, they're, they're so far ahead of me. And, and really, we say this where, you know, intermediate players or more advanced players are essentially in the same boat. They've just got more bad habits to change. And that's one of our always our piece of advice is get this good advice or good coaching as early as in your journey as you can, because once you've got a habit, not only are you then trying to teach, you know, a new technique that you want to be a habit, but you've got to break that that old habit. And, you know, we we experience this, I mean, every week on court, we're, we're trying to change people's habits. And it's it's really difficult for the player as well, because they will lose confidence. They will lose, you know, they, they will make mistakes, particularly if it is a really ingrained habit and you want to try and change that and you you give them a new technique. It's it's like learning from scratch. So it, it can be, it's difficult for the player, difficult for the coach breaking, breaking those habits. And I think as long as you as a player and a coach are aware of it, then, then, then you can make those changes and it can be really beneficial. And one area that we we get asked a lot about, and we've talked about this a lot, is is plateau and improvement plateaus. And I think that what you talked about there, not getting the right advice early on, it leads to these improvement plateaus, doesn't it? Where you will continue to a certain level. And then if you haven't got those foundations in place, you won't be able to take that that next step up. And we've done a, a blog about that. We've written a blog on it on thepaddleschool.com. Uh, we've also done another podcast on it. So, But it all ties into that idea, doesn't it? If you get the foundation correct early on 
your improvement will steadily increase and you'll avoid those improvement plateaus. Yeah, so we we hear many coaches talking about the plateau being mental or or, or you know tactical or, or whatever it might be strategic, but but really at the recreational level it's technical. I mean they they are missing they are inconsistent and and they get into a stage where they're missing balls because there is something technical in their game that is just not it's not been it's not been fixed or it's not correct. So again goes back to getting that good advice and and and. At the beginning of your journey, it's important for the foundations. But as you go through your journey, it's important almost to top up that advice, to keep someone there with you that is is continually giving you that advice on your journey. They're your guide, essentially. And that's um, again, that's obviously what we try to do online, but it can be in person. And, and wherever you wherever you find that, you you almost need to just it's going to help you keep on the correct path. It's you know, almost like you know, steering a ship. You've got to kind of keep to your coordinates, and you need to to make sure that you are, are you know continually getting aligned. Okay, so breaking bad habits, it can be hard. There's a lot of discomfort with change, isn't there? When when you have a, a habit, you know you need to break it. Perhaps you have the right advice now, and and you're on that journey to breaking that bad habit. It can be a really uncomfortable experience, can't it, for players? And I think. A lot of players might get put off by it by thinking, oh, you know, this doesn't feel right or this, you know, this this doesn't feel like, you know, the, the right thing I should be doing. Let's discuss the, that discomfort around around changing the technique, because it's something that so many players experience, isn't it? Yeah. And I think there's initially a a and it's important to understand that you need to change the technique. First of all, I mean, we've recently I've done a, an intermediate group and we worked on the serve and. I was saying, right, we need to make sure that we hit our serve from as close to waist height as we can because we get, it's going to be more effective. But many of the players on there are saying, well, actually, my serve is really effective and I know that it's winning me points and I hit a funky side spin and my opponent really struggles with that off the glass. And so, you know, our conversation is always like, yeah, but at your level, that is the case. But if you want to improve your level, you want to to play at that that higher level, you will need to Im- improve that technique. If not, you will get to the higher level with your game and suddenly your opponents are going to find that serve easy where they were finding it more difficult. And then you will need to change the technique later on. And like we've just said about bad habits, it, it can be difficult to to make those changes. So I think the first thing is understanding why you are changing your technique, why you need to to make these adjustments. And then, like you said, almost understanding that, you know, there probably will be a dip in performance because you are changing something that you're very used to doing to to doing something slightly different. And and it will take a little bit of time before that becomes then a good habit as opposed to a bad. Yeah. And something as well we see a lot is players need to exaggerate the change, don't they? Because Mm. they might feel like they're making that change and it's, oh, it feels a bit uncomfortable. And actually, this is why video analysis is so useful, isn't it? On our platform, we have a shot fixer. So, you know, on our private Facebook group, players can send in videos of themselves. And it's a great way for us to provide feedback. And something that we we always say to players is, you know, when you're making a change, try and exaggerate it because you're used to doing something, it's ingrained. And so when you feel like you've made a change, perhaps, you know, just for example, on the serve, you think, okay, start with the racket up. You might feel like the racket is up, but it's actually, it's not. And that's why video is, is so good. But you really need to exaggerate, don't you, as a player when you're making those changes? Yeah, and it's it's not easy for players. You know, we, we say to them, look, 
you know, for the Bandeka as an example, or, or off the back glass, you know, really exaggerate getting behind the ball, contacting in front. And they'll say, yes, yes, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And then you get your camera out or your, your phone and you record them. And then we both see that they're not. And then there's a, a kind of switch that goes in their mind. They go, oh, I didn't realise I was doing that. And that's, you know, if if any of the players have been on a, a private session with me or, or like we do on our holidays or our groups, we use video analysis every session. I will use it every single session. And that's why we recommend all of our members online to send in their videos for us to analyse. It's so important. And many of the players have already come back and said, even just, you know, them watching their own video has helped improve their game. So it's it's absolutely crucial if you want to improve and even more important if you want to improve and you don't currently have access to to good coaching because, um, you know, that that is is what will make the difference. So but, yeah, absolutely exaggerating that to get yourself into a a mode or, or a way of hitting the correct way is is really important. And, and I think it's it's needed, like you say, to, to break those bad habits. And persistence is is key with this, isn't it? I'm just thinking of the discomfort of change and, and exaggerating it. But to be persistent with it, that's how a change will will occur. You really have to be have that persistence. And I think just thinking about all of the the members we have online, the the ones that are you know transforming their game, and we you know they're all transforming their game. But the ones that are very very persistent, they're sending in their videos, they're making those changes, are the ones that are seeing the most improvement and and the fastest improvement. That's so important, isn't it, to be persistent? And I think a lot of players think that you know, they'll focus on on those changes when they have their coaching session. And then the rest of the time, you know, it's, it's sort of that it's not really thought about. But I think you really have to take those changes into each session you have. Maybe, like you said, not in a match. But if you can take those things that you want to change and be persistent with it, that's how you're going to make a, a change in the long term. Yeah, I, I mean, you and I have both come from tennis. And how persistent did we need to be initially to get comfortable with the glass? Yeah. I mean, it was it was horrible at the beginning. You know, you feel so out of your depth. You feel like this is so foreign. I'm not used to playing this way. But you've just got to be persistent that you are doing the right thing. And now you and I play and we are as comfortable with the glass as hitting in front of the glass. And it is the same principle here. You've just, like you say, got to be persistent. And, and the example with the serve is we change that serve. It feels uncomfortable. There's a slight dip in performance. But then what happens is, you know, there's an upslope of that improvement and players suddenly feel more confident. They make more balls. They are, are, are less inconsistent and more consistent with their shots. And that can only come about with persistence because that really will be the driving factor. And then what happens is you get comfortable, you get confident, it becomes part of your good habit. And then you focus on the next one or two tips to to help elevate your game. We talked about this earlier, didn't we, about where does match play fit in with this versus versus training? Because we're talking about breaking bad habits, changing technique. But when you come to a match, and I'm sure lots of players listening to this, you know, will will kind of resonate with that. But it's really difficult, isn't it, to to try and break bad habits, change technique whilst you're actually in a match play situation. So there is a difference, isn't there, when it comes to matches? Definitely. And look, no one wants to lose a match, right? I mean, you and I, we're very competitive. We don't want to lose a match. and But you and I have training sessions. 
So we train just the two of us or maybe three of us or, f- or even four of us, but we won't play a game. We'll use that as training to work on and hone our technique. And I think if you can do that, great. If you only play three times a week and it's always as a doubles and the other people you play with, they only want to play matches. I understand that. It's fun. It's sociable. But you have to identify some of those games that are an opportunity to work on something because not all games are super important. Now, you and I, when we play a tournament, that is important to us. So that will be a time that we will focus on tactics and not technique. I think it's really important if you really want to win a game that technique is not thought about because overthinking technique at that stage can actually be detrimental to performance because you start complicating things, you over overthink and you make mistakes. And so, so that is a time to focus on tactics. But if you do want to improve your game, you need time during your week or during you know your, your sessions that you can focus on the technique and focus on those one or two things to, to make those changes. This is something we discussed, isn't it, in a recent exclusive content around the difference between training uh, and matches and, and the mentality behind that. Um, and it's it's so important, isn't it, to to get that if you want to become a, a good competitor and getting those training sessions in. It's it's hard, like you say, everyone loves to play games. And so, but again, it just goes back to what we're saying around getting that right advice, getting the coaching, making sure you get those training sessions in if, if you want to keep improving. I mean, many players are, are happy to, to just play and they might have these bad habits ingrained, but if you really want to improve and avoid those plateaus, it's really, really important. Yeah, and it, it was a, a good little video, even if we do say so ourselves, <laughs> but it was around the mental side of the game and, and how you can make your changes autonomous and, mm-hmm. and make it so that it's you're not consciously thinking about it. And if you can get those good techniques ingrained so that you're not thinking about them in a game and you just automatically do it it's like now when someone would serve against the glass and we instinctively take that racket back get into a good position give ourselves space from the glass and hit that ball and we're thinking about where to place it we're not thinking about the breakdown of technique during that shot because it would just be impossible to to be able to do that and play effectively with the match and i think this is where good coaching or good advice can really take you to the right point in your technique to work on. Because there we've talked, we just, you know, just now I mentioned four or five things that you need to do with the return of serve, for example. And I think that this is where if we, you know, look at good advice, it's like that coach should give you that advice or or online when we when people send the videos to us, we always go back to the earliest point of that technical process. We, we rarely, rarely say, oh, you know what, you need to angle your racket face this way to get the ball in, you know, because that's, you know, outcome. And we've talked about this before on, on podcasts as well, but we go back to the earliest part of that process. And that's why we spend so much time talking about the split step and the ready position and early racket preparation. I mean, I've lost count of the number of times I've said early racket back in a in a clinic but that that's exactly why if you can go as early in that process as you can you will you will be able to improve that technique faster and you, and you almost don't need to concern yourself with the the face of the racket because probably if the preparation was earlier they will solve that bit with the racket face initially so i think 
I know that we're just kind of diving a little bit deeper into into the technical changes, but those are the things that we need to focus on in in our in our practice sessions. And then when it comes to matches, mainly tactical. But if you are doing social games, then yes, definitely that is a time to to maybe try and put those technical things into play. And and we've seen it, and we do it a lot with our players. We say, why don't you just ask your opponents if you say, hey, look. You know, I know we play each other three times, a, three times a week as it is. I'd like to spend one of those working on my bandeka or tell your partner and say, I, look, I may miss one or two bandekas, but I know that I need to practice this technique and I want to do this. So, you know, it's almost giving a, you know, giving a bit of validation or giving yourself an opportunity to to practice that in, in a game. It's such a good point. And I, I just think, you know, even when we train, we trained yesterday and after the practice, we give e- we, we summarise each other's game, don't we? Mm. And we, we do it instinctively. But I think a lot of players don't don't think about doing that. But saying, you know, how do you think how do you think I'm playing, or you know, how effective do you feel like my bandeka is, or you know, like these questions are so important. And and then if it, if it leads to you know then going onto the court and saying, oh, let, let's practice a few, that's great as well. But getting that feedback from your opponent is so important, isn't it? Again, it's it's, it's going back to this idea that. As a player, you might not see things that others see. And so getting that feedback after a practice is so important. Hopefully, this podcast, for all those players out there, we know how frustrating and difficult it can be to change technique. I think, you know, we've covered a lot of information there, but we we understand it It can be a really frustrating process, can't it? Yeah, and I just want to pick up on what you just said about, um, you know, working with a, a partner. You and I are are used to coach player relationships. We're, we're used to giving that advice, but it's almost an accountability that that, that helps. Um, and it, it really it really makes it easy for for players. If you've got a partner that you regularly play with, just to say, hey, look, I saw you were doing more of this, or I saw you were trying to do some of this, and, and start that communication and, and have that conversation because it can be a great way to to help develop the game, it can be a great way to have a partner that goes with you on that journey. And, you know, that's something that we do a lot of work with pairs as well, don't we? Online, they, they come and they, they've got their doubles partner and how can we improve as a pair and what should we be doing? And I think, you know, any kind of support you can get on that can only benefit, can only benefit. And it can take away that frustration, like you mentioned, of trying to change that technique and and, and can be a great way to to make it, you know, more implement it more in your game, I think. Yeah. Yeah, we talked a lot about our platform today. And if, if you are interested in listening, it's www.thepaddleschool.com. You can check it out on there. And I think, <clears throat> Sandy, a really, really interesting chat today. And hopefully this will this will help a lot of players that are going through that that change of technique. Definitely. I mean, we'll put a link in the in the show notes and, and we have a seven-day free trial. And in that seven-day free trial, you can literally put up videos of your shots and we can give you exactly these tips that we're talking about and and get you on the right path we can make sure that you've got good advice whether you're starting out or whether you've been playing for years it's something that um you know we can essentially guide you on on your journey and that's what we love to do so um you know i hope this has been useful to players and and we will see you on the next podcast